Tuesday afternoon on the Muster. Up next, Sam Riley with the PGG Rights and Stock Sale Report out of Lawville. Joined now, though, by Project Lead out of Thriving Southland. Richard Kite joins us once again on the Muster. Good afternoon, Richard. Afternoon, Andy. Good to catch up. Yeah, always great to catch up with the team at Thriving Southland and all the work that you guys um, have been doing over the last couple of years. And it has been a busy couple of years as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. From uh, when we started, uh, right right back at the beginning, and then we went right into COVID and then uh, out and uh, into it with all these catchment groups. Yeah, that's how we started. I think when we, we started, there were 18 catchment groups and there are 35 now. And, you know, in a very short, it's about three years that's happened. That's quite a quite a big shift. Yeah. So was COVID more or less the driver for the catchment groups to get in place after a refocus? Or how did they actually come about, Richard? Oh, now the catchment groups were, uh, I suppose they've always been catchment groups there as, uh, you know, farmers have been doing stuff for a long time. But um, 2012, they started and um, in a response, I think it was a response to uh, regulation. And then um, Injured Landcare Trust took over. And from that, in 2018, Thriving Southland, it came together from a group of cross-sectoral farmers who were saying there needs to be a, a positive way forward and we need a bit more resource uh put into this yeah so as far as the number of catchment groups go it's what was it 35 or some number like that isn't it yeah 35 36 keeps moving <laughs> so, uh yeah it's, it's fascinating actually andy that you know we started out and we thought there'd be, be you know six or on each um on each uh catch river catchment main river catchment and uh yeah but the kind of broken down around their own communities and their own people and people they know and their own challenges. So, in, in you know, looking at their own farms and their their particular areas, and I think, you know, that's been really important. That's what it's about. It's about communities um, looking at their own opportunities within the within the catchment. The big thing's getting buy-in from farmers themselves, though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, and and I think um, we we've always focused on ground up. It's got to be what the farmers want to do and and what their communities want to do. Not not as saying, you know, this is what we think you should be doing. Uh, so we're there to, uh, we've been there, I suppose, just putting, when they ask for information, science, whatever whatever they're looking for or, or support, um, that thriving role has just been there to actually, um, I suppose, promote, promote all of that so they can actually get on and do the job and get involved with what they're interested in without having all the, um, the admin, et cetera, that, that uh, sits around a lot of projects. And with all these groups too, I mean, depending on the area you're on, um, you'd have different topography and everything else, so everybody's going to have different goals as to what they want to attain through those um, groups. Oh, yeah, and I think that's uh, really important. You know, uh, Pete, you can't just... Uh, it's not a, a one-size-fits-all, and uh, yet by breaking into the smaller groups, they're looking at the... And, we'll, we, you know, you find that people on the different sides of the, some of the bigger groups broke down around... You know, we're, we're the hill country and you're the flats, or uh, and and really, it's worked really well, actually, yeah. As far as catchment group size goes, you say there's 35. Is there room to pivot or manoeuvre and get more in there, or do you think the number's what you've got and it's a matter of working with um, what's involved? Yeah, well, we've got about 90% of the sort of primary sector productive land covered uh, in Southland, so... Um, I think what we're finding now is some of the groups are starting to work together on, so they might be part of the Matara. Um, the Aparimas had a, a group called ACE has been working together now for quite a few years and the, and the Matara groups are looking at working together. So working on their own thing in their own space, but actually saying, well, how does it all work together? Yeah. 
From your viewpoint, Richard, being project lead there at Thriving Southland, for you personally, what's been the most satisfying thing regarding catchments groups? Well, I just think it's, um, you know, it's, I, I shouldn't say it's surprised, it's surprised me really how, how um, when you give people um, the information they need uh, and, the, and the resource to help them get on with it, it's just been uh, really satisfying to watch these groups, you know, run some pretty uh, technical projects. Uh, they're in boots and all with it and uh, as I say it's, I think it's just giving people the opportunity um, but not putting the burden on them. Yeah. And I think it could have been a cynical mindset from farmers when it first started up and thinking oh what's all this about but once they get involved now and we know that things have changed on farm too and the work that farmers are doing around waterways and everything, RMAs for example um, they're doing what they need to do to preserve the environment on their piece of land and it's fantastic to see. Oh, it is, and, and I think as well they've also grown, and it's not just about water. They look at, you know, we've got groups looking at greenhouse gas farm systems. You know, um, it's just the, the, the looking at the whole uh, piece of the puzzle. You, you know, it's hard to separate one piece out, and and farmers and farm systems they think uh, in a whole and the whole system, and you're seeing that in catchment groups with all the different projects uh, that are covering. And I suppose the, the benefit when people get involved and just sort of see a, a, a pathway forward, which is pretty hard to see at times in amongst all the policy, etc. Yeah. And just finally, Richard, when you look to the future for the catchment groups, what do you think it holds? Oh, look, I, I think it's um, about communities taking ownership and in, in the, the way forward. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's a long game. It's not a short game. So it's about, um, yeah, people getting involved and you know pe people having a break as well you don't have to be um it's not about having meetings for meetings sake but it's about actually you know grabbing the stuff that really interests you and is really relevant and i can see you know you can well you see it happening all the time now so it's uh, i think it's a positive way forward yeah absolutely richard kite project lead for thriving southland always great to have you guys on the muster enjoy the rest of the day appreciate your time cheers thanks andy have a good good afternoon Laugh out loud with Ag Proud. Because life on the land can be a laughing matter. Laugh out loud with Ag Proud. Brought to us by Livestock Supplies. This is a dad joke. How do Vikings communicate with one another? Norse code. Dad joke. That was pretty bad, but at least you smiled, right? Sam Riley's up next with a stock sale report. This has been the Muster on Hokanui. Thanks to Peter Genetics. My name is Andy Muir. See you tomorrow. We will be coming live from Stadium Southland, uh, the South Island Dairy event, Wednesday and Thursday. The Muster coming down to you from the big smoke of Invercargill. Enjoy the afternoon. See you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Hokanui. <laughs>